Welcome to The Big Three, the show that recaps My Hero Academia episode by episode and delves into themes and trivia and more. I'm your host, Nathan Brandt. I'm your host, Jessica Howard. And I'm Cam Koenig. And Cam is dabbing up a storm. Cam is not a host. <laughs> yeah. Cam is, I'm an experience. <laughs> I'm a cloud. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, today we are finishing up the second season of the anime. Um, we're doing episodes, I believe, 35 through 38. And there's fucking bangers in this one. These are really good episodes. It's so good. I, I was I, I just finished watching the end of season two actually this morning spoilers um <laughs> and uh I, I i had the same feeling after watching that episode as i did the first time i watched it i'm like man this show fucking rules mm -hmm. like yeah. just the like seeing everything like okay like a lot of cards are on the table you know that shit's about to pop off kind of a feeling it's rad here's my question for those of us who have like finished it mm-hmm is the run from like like all of the sports festival through the end of season two through the movie to the beginning summer camp part of three is that like the best fucking run of episodes throughout the series it's this isn't an opinion that's that is widely held but for me the entirety of season four is mm. like through the second movie is like the best shit ever but i totally agree like the sports festival through the stain arc through the exam arcs, the movie, and then what happens in the beginning of season three, like... It's so good! Yeah. And at the end of this uh, group of episodes, All Might's like, it's only been three months. I've been mother... I was like, motherfucker, it's only been three months! <laughs> Meanwhile, three months in quarantine, and I'm like, I've been outside five times. Yeah. I've worn socks three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how clean or dirty this hoodie is. Please help. I do not recognize the seasons anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What the fuck is the sun? <laughs> but, but this is not a podcast about the sun. This is a podcast about my son and my sweet girl uh, having an exam. That's what happens in this first episode. 35, Yaoya Rozu rising. Whenever there's an episode or a chapter in the manga that's like somebody rising or somebody origin, they're going to do some fucking shit. And we've got like two of those here. So <laughs> um, we're right back into it where we left off with uh, Froppy and Sukiyomi as they're about to fight Creep Throat. I hate that I named him Creep Throat, but you know what? It's fine. Um, they're in what I can only describe as a Capitol building without any white people in it. Creep Throat says, we teachers are trying to crush you with everything we have. I said, LOL, wow. <laughs> he makes a bunch of copies of himself, but he's not the only dude that's more than one dude. Uh, Tokiyami tosses Sue and then they do like a fucking like double helix, double toss scenario to yeet themselves away Shit's rad as fuck. fucking rules they it looks like they practiced or at least talked about like strategies and stuff and recovery girl is like communication skills are like the reason why our society fucking works um and i said oops we're already at themes town huh <laughs> rather than have one person that you're good with like a sidekick that you know how to work with you need to reach a certain standard with everyone mm. she says like you you need to be able to be the like extra 30% that gets them to 100%, no matter who you're working with. And like, you know, the first fight against the sludge villain, there was like nine heroes there and they were like, oh no, he's very goopy and it's fiery. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so maybe do a little practice and figure out how to deal with a simple fire and goop man. This guy seems to just be like legs and a head. 
this creep throat guy. He's just like two peg legs and like a helmet with a trench coat. His design. I don't know Same. what the fuck his deal is. <laughs> <laughs> Wish not to be perceived. Gender affirming icon. Uh, that icon's name is uh, not creep throat, but it's ectoplasm. He can make clones out of thick vape cotton is what I said. <laughs> Check out these fucking clouds that I'm just fucking blowing here. I'm fucking sub omen. What's up? Uh, <laughs> fucking cotton. <laughs> Quirk Jewel. Um, he he can put about 30 clones uh, out and he can make them do whatever. And I don't know if they're like sentient on their own thing or if it's like a fucking shadow clone jutsu or whatever the fuck. But um, after ca doing karaoke, he can make about 36. That was funny. That's, I took a note and I said two to three songs at karaoke and it goes up to 36. I said, this is the first time being drunk has helped anyone. <laughs> first time doing karaoke is a good idea also. <laughs> President Mike really likes karaoke and he mentions it a lot in later seasons too and it's just so funny that in your brain then you can you can make that connection of like ectoplasm and President Mike hang out and go to karaoke and this guy with no lips is like I will survive you think you think ectoplasm has definitely done all of Bohemian Rhapsody himself oh yeah like I'm picturing like he is like fucking Freddie Mercury and the background vocals and the chorus. Do you think that present Mike has ever gotten Aizawa to go up on the stage? Have they ever, have they ever done mm. Love Shack together? Ooh. Ooh, I've got a Chrysler. It's as big as a whale. <laughs> <laughs> it's as big as Gang Orca. Okay. Um, Jesus Christ, that's very good. In my heart, Jess, absolutely. Mm. I don't think it happened though. No, no. I mean, like we're totally off track because we're 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 recording this earlier than we usually do. We're we're, we're trying a new recording slot out, and it seems like we have a lot more. We got a lot more energy juice in <laughs> us right now. You'd think we'd be more straight laced in the morning. Exactly. But this is completely unhinged. Fuck that. Um, Cam is the only straight one here. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> the vibe though in in vigilantes, like they go out drinking. Like Mike and uh, Aizawa and Midnight, like go out drinking and get drunk together and stuff and it's just like it's so it's so fucking good there's so much good the like, face that jess just made was god i wish that was me the face i made was absolutely i've read a fan fiction <laughs> exactly <laughs> vigilantes is basically canonical fan fiction love that it's very good um but anyway um recovery girl is being the john madden and telling the audience and deku what each student needs to improve on uh tokoyami needs to practice close combat because it's how he super wicked beefed it in the sports fest he can't just throw his like belly button ghost at people and make and like hope that that works sue is apparently perfect though she is um her she's like her ability to keep calm and provide emotional support to others in a crisis is what makes her a good hero and Deku's like yeah she did that at usj fucking froppy rules mm -hmm. that's in my notes i said is sue the best hero actually yes yes yeah. absolutely absolutely <laughs> i would argue that the two most competent people in that class are sue and uraraka oh man they're they're so good and they don't get a ton of play sue doesn't in the show at, at large but like when she has moments that are like relevant to the story and whatever you're like oh shit i forgot that everybody in this world is like a fully formed person with like a point of view and that shit rules mm -hmm. um they try to uh get to the door but ectoplasm makes a big bitey boy um and goes for some wings and frog legs i said because it's a burden of frog uh, and then i said like me and most food it goes straight to his back uh stuck there <laughs> stuck stuck there tokoyami is like dang cool quirk before dark shadow is like hey man i'm pretty much the same thing i love dark shadow he's a he's a looney tunes cartoon he's basically happy daffy duck his voice I is love him. fucking wonderful this is very good 
Oh yeah. In the dub or in the sub, it's it's very good as well. He's just like a very enthusiastic. He's yeah. like fucking thumbs up. That's I love it. Pretty him. much how he is here. Yeah. Yeah. Dark Shadow tries to reach the exit because he's technically Tokoyami, so it counts. Um, but he gets caught up in fighting ectoplasm. Su Suku Puku's the cuffs uh, <laughs> that they need to to put on uh, ectoplasm in Dark Shadow cuffs Peggy Leggy. They win. Yay! I said. I don't know what the fuck I was on with these. Oh, I didn't sleep two nights ago, and then I wrote these. So that. Sure. That tracks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Peggy Leggy. Time for Ida and Ojiro, the most boring people in the show, basically, but it's fine. Uh, against Power Loader, aka Metal Greymon. Um, I, I don't know that we ever learn what his quirk is. I think he can just manipulate machinery, and that's kind of uh... it. He teaches the support items classes and he like runs a like workshop. He's really cool. He shows up later. They're basically in a minefield because he's underground there and he knows where they're at. And if they step on the dirt, he fucking clocks them. They do a quote unquote fusion, which is just Ojiro getting on his back. <laughs> I don't know if they say it in the dub, but like he's like fusion. They do. Yeah. They do. It's very good. And Ida basically reverts to being escape exit Ida um, and not murder boy Ida. And he gets Ojiro out of there, even though he ends up buried himself. Um, even though, even so, Deku thinks that he's pretty cool, which is funny because the first thing he did in this season was get called uncool by President Mike. <laughs> but there is like, there is a final moment where it's just like, that's not very cool though, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, whenever he gets buried, right? Because it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. he does so cool. And then it zooms out and he's like, by the way, I cannot move. <laughs> time for the meat of the, the good shit. It's Momo and Shoto time, baby, is what I said here. Mm. Shoto's like, all right, I got a plan. And Momo is like, okay, cool, we're gonna do it. Not in, no no input or anything. Um, so the plan is like for Momo to just basically keep making garbage so that she knows when her uh, when the power peeper is around is what I called <laughs> Aizawa. President Mike gives us an intro for Aizawa saying, here I go again before he does it, which I think is cute. Um, we already know all of Aizawa's shit. We've been spending a lot of time with him. We've looked him up on the wiki. We've read the fanfics. We know what he's about. Not enough time. Right. <laughs> I, I haven't, but it seems like Jess has probably for the three of us. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, Jess is doing fanfic for three. Shoto wants to cause a distraction while Momo runs away, basically. And she's like, uh, sure. As they run, she's popping out like Matroshka dolls and keeping them in her belt, which is like a weird choice, but it's simple enough. Momo like mentions that she is like jealous of Shoto and notes that he made a good plan. And Shoto is like, it, it's, it's nothing. It's a simple plan. And Momo's like, okay, well, it's hard for me to do anything plan wise. So like, this is like genius level shit for me. Momo is the anxious girl representation that I needed. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Like, I love that there is somebody that is like challenged here. And then, then she actually has like growth yeah. and learns to believe in herself by her doing something. It's yeah. not just like, ah, cool. A man believes in me. And so now I'm going to do something good. It's just like, mm -hmm. no, I'm going to step up and do something. And then I believe in myself, which fucking rules. Mm -hmm. She says, we both got into UA from recommendations because they're both basically rich. Um, <laughs> but in terms of skills, I have yet to prove myself. Uh, Shoto is about to console her but notices that her quirk stopped and it's Batman Spider-Man and he's here to teach you some stuff like for one just do stuff don't talk about it <laughs> <laughs> um we, we rarely see his like inner monologue which is really cool I think he just kind of does stuff it, it hints at that he's smarter than them right like he can just do stuff he doesn't need to be like and then in my hand I'm going to make this thing and then I'm going to do this but if they you know what I mean I think it's mm -hmm. cool he catches Shoto and hoists him up like a fucking pinata. And Shoto is like, bro, I can melt this shit. Aizawa's like, here's some jacks while I hit the road, is what I said. Good. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Nate. He's like, dude, I know both of you. I know your quirks. I know what you're good at and what you're not good at. 
I made this exam for you. You can't just like this isn't going to be like with you and Stain where neither of you know what the other person does. There's going to be villains out there that know who you are. You're Endeavor's son. <laughs> so you need to be ready to just go fucking ham because these people are going to know everything about you. Yeah. Remember when you made a fucking glacier? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little memorable. On national television, by the way. <laughs> exactly. International television, probably. Like at, at the Olympics? Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, shit, man. Um, Momo keeps second guessing herself um, when Aizawa shows up and snags her, but seeing as how her quirk is still active, she escapes. Aizawa notes that she basically just decided that Shoto is the best of them, and she isn't trying to actually be a hero herself. Because she's scared that what she'll do is not going to be good enough. So she's just following somebody that looks confident. Mood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she lost confidence. And uh, I was like, I got to help her with that. But that's not my job right now, which I also enjoy, too. He's not like going to feed her an easy mm -hmm. win mm -hmm. or back off just because she she needs a dub. Momo goes back to Shoto, who apologizes for not asking for her input before they went with the plan, which is good. That shows some good growth from Shoto of just like, mm -hmm. hey, sorry, I like assume that I'm the best and that's not good. I need to like make sure everybody's comfortable with what I'm planning on doing, which is like good shit, man. Yeah. Your dad would not do that. <laughs> <laughs> she starts doubting herself again and Shoto's like, shut up. I literally voted you for you for class rep, which is like. It like hits emotionally a lot harder yeah. than you'd think something like that would be. Mm -hmm. I think when I was watching that again the second time, like that's a little bit I forgot about. And then yeah. that like popped up and I like audibly was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> In a moment of uh, quick thinking, she uses the Matryoshka dolls on Aizawa that happened to be flashbangs to blind him, which is smart as fuck. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Momo gets Shoto down and then we get the thirst trap of a lifetime from Aizawa, uh, which is yeah, like, we do. it is. I, I joked about that close up of Deku where it's like a Ren and Stimpy close up, but it, like a hot version. But then this is like the <laughs> this is the like Super Saiyan version of that. This absolutely made fans of very, very many people <laughs> for Aizawa. <laughs> Memes aside, though, he's pumped to see that Momo is making progress, which is like the actual reason for his smile, not just to like get the fans excited <laughs> he can multitask he's good at that yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> momo was like all right so aizawa is injured and we're gonna exploit that which like in any other context is like yikes but yeah for here yeah. for here it makes sense momo is like all right we're gonna do the reverse basically of what your plan was you're gonna keep trying to make stuff and as soon as you can make a big barrier like you did at the sports fest and like momo isn't stupid she just needs to commit to uh plan and mm. go with it and not like doubt that she's going to be good at the plan that she did. The plan here is to use a version of Aizawa's scarf to trap him delivered via fucking catapult. Fuck yeah. Which Momo increasingly is just like, I'm going to make cannons. I'm going to make a catapult. It's like you're making this like Pirates of the Caribbean ass <laughs> like shit, which is very it's good. Mm. I'm here for it. Honestly, she does what Shoto didn't and asked if uh, the plan was OK with him, which is cool. I like that. It's like, oh, they're in school. So it's like it, it makes even more sense for them to have like these little micro moments of learning and improving mm -hmm. um, and pointing out that they're learning and improving. And it's not like. Yeah, I get it. You know, it's like they're in school. They're in an exam right now, which I like. They try to escape with some Ferris Bueller ass mannequin bullshit and then it works. Um, revealing the catapult 
Momo misses the trigger, but Aizawa is still like spooked by it and, and backs off as the, the cloth goes around him. Momo tells Shoto to use his flames and he does so without looking at Aizawa, which I thought was really cool. Like he uses his flames and then it cuts back to Shoto with with like his face covered yeah. mm -hmm. by the fabric. So he like trusted her and just did what she said, which is really cool because mm -hmm. he trusts her. And then the cloth reacts and like slurps back to a coiled state and traps Aizawa. After fulfilling the dreams of tons of My Hero Academia fans by cuffing Aizawa, they notice, <laughs> they notice, they notice that they did win a little too easily, potentially. Mm. Um, Aizawa's like, nope. I saw the catapult, um, but I was still doing the most logical thing in avoiding Todoroki because he can kill. <laughs> yeah. You know what I find funny? Like, I'm just thinking about this. This is my, uh, my way in from the fanfic section. Good. Uh, Good. This episode, I think, is directly responsible for the two biggest ships with Momo. One of them being very problematic, but it's Aizawa. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Uh, the I other one is Todoroki. Yeah, Todoroki I like a lot. Yeah. I mean, they come from similar backgrounds being wealthy and and you know they got in on recommendations they're the only two mm. that got in on recommendations they're the they're the two rich people i don't hate yeah so <laughs> nothing wrong with a couple trust fund babies yeah, <laughs> you know maybe 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 we just leave it at these two uh That's, um, yeah. I mean, momo momo helps a lot of her her fucking fellow people out yeah. so she's a communist icon yeah um oh uh hearing that she did good she realizes that she led and didn't follow and that's that is what made them win because shoto's plan would have failed it's basically like the uraraka thing where it's mm. like oh here's my plan no i have my own plan and it made us win and yours would have made it not work out kind of a thing she's like crying as shoto is just like oh are you okay do you need some like do you need some pressure point like treatment yeah. or whatever? Yeah. it's like shoto you're such an idiot it's like adorable though i do have to say yeah. like i think that episode like is the start of like shoto becoming a little bit more human and less like yeah. an asshole for me because like yeah. you do see like oh he like cares about people he's not like just like this really cold dude like he's actually like being affectionate and like trying to be like no momo like you're you know you're fine like don't worry about it like i i've got this which we obviously find out isn't like the best course of action on his sure. part but he's like trying to help that's even mm -hmm. why like Aizawa was like it was really sweet of you to think about the girl but like also that was kind of shitty yeah it's not going to help her. I think uh, on my first watch through, this was around the time where I'm like firmly established that like Shoto is definitely one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Like this was the point where like, because like up until this point, like, yeah, you like saw like the signs of growth, like him like going and visiting his mom. That's awesome. Mm. But like this episode in particular, just like you said, does a really fucking good job of just humanizing him and like showing him like becoming way more than what is expected of him by yes. like his family and society and all that he's he's just one of those kids who's had expectations placed on him his whole life totally. so he like you know he's the type of kid who was always told you're so mature for your age yeah fuck. and because of that he can't relate to his, his fellow students you know because he wasn't allowed to be a normal kid right. yeah exactly so it's like this is your first time where you're like oh he is relating to a peer like that's kind of a good thing yeah. so and it's like funny in the moment but i mean he's trying <laughs> like yeah 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 exactly like it like i've said before like it it's it's played as a joke but it didn't not happen mm -hmm. also right mm -hmm. like yeah same thing with ida trying to not be as rigid but like still mm -hmm. just like being a fucking robot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like i've said before like i see my hero academia as about the todoroki family mm -hmm. but deku happens to be the protagonist and not shoto mm -hmm. um and so you can chart the like 
progression of the story, all of it, all of everything. Like you can be like, oh, and this is what the Todorokis were doing at this time. There's like, there's a very strong through line of their family, especially as we keep going. Oh, and the recovery girls like always oh, was a big softy hinting that like maybe he did throw the match like a little bit, mm -hmm. but like he didn't let her win. They still, she still would have gotten him. I just think mm -hmm. that like he had the moment where he's like, oh, I know where you're doing what you're doing. And I wasn't super surprised. Mm -hmm. Episode 36, Stripping the Varnish, which is a wild title, I guess, but... This time on This Old House. Um... I, I know exactly, <laughs> the Wayne's Coding or whatever the fuck, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Antiques Roadshow Academia. Um... <laughs> oh my god! Oh shit, I would love like a like a shonen anime about like antiquing. Yeah. Oh. There literally is in Shonen Jump right now. Uh it's I think it's called like Build King or something. It's literally a shonen uh like manga about building houses. So cool. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Thanks, Japan. <laughs> Uraka and Aoyama are getting uh, sucked up by 13. It's like a very simple situation of just like they're hanging on for dear life and 13 is just walking towards them like, I fucking told you, dog. <laughs> um, Aoyama's like this. And this was in a like a um, post credits for the previous episode. Um, but it's kind of some of it is in this next episode, but some of it isn't. Aoyama's like, don't worry, I can redirect my naval laser to different parts of my suit. And he lets it out of his like knees or whatever. Um, and 13's like... My quirk is black hole. It sucks up light. This is light. You're an idiot. <laughs> um, and he's like, oh, now we're fucked, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and Ararok is just like, I got a mind palace about what Deku would do. And Aoyama's like, you're thinking about Deku, aren't you? <laughs> do you like him? And she's like, oh, shit. She lets go in a panic. It's like a dumb anime moment, but it, it it's good. She floats towards uh, 13, and she remembers Gunhead's teachings, uh, saying, like, you need to fight on your terms not your opponent's terms so she does some fucking demon slayer breathing and starts throwing hands and uh gets 13 a little bit and aoyama follows up with we and you catch you i love aoyama because he's just he's just having fun and trying his best um i like it a lot he, like unabashedly sucks in the best possible way he runs parallel to mineta yeah <laughs> and yes. that they both aren't super competent but at least like he does it with style and grace and dignity yeah like yeah. they don't really have that much character development but like yeah. i would take aoyama over mineta any day because aoyama oh, is at least entertaining and not a shitty garbage thing we mm -hmm. we get we get here one of i think maybe two micro moments of character development for mineta yeah at all yeah. ever in the whole thing, we get one of those moments mm -hmm. here. And it's still not that great. No, and Aoyama actually does get some awesome character development cool. in Good. season four. I love I love that it's just like, she learned from Gunhead, and now she's going to do this from now yeah. on. It's not just like, I learned it here, and I'm going to use it this one time and never think about it again. I love whenever Uraraka goes feral. It's my favorite shit. Yeah. Like, and, and in this part, too, this is like the most intense. Her eyes go white and just a yeah. little... Mm -hmm. I'm a mini battle hero. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> that's what she says. Yeah, you're right. In the dub, that's what she says. I love yeah. That. In the subs, she's always just like, gun the head of martial arts. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it was so cute. I was like, that's like my new mantra is I'm a mini battle hero. Hell yeah. I'm a girl boss. <laughs> Gonna wake up every morning, look in the mirror, say that five times. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag mini battle hero. <laughs> Deku is like, nice, but Sue is like, she looks like she made the best of a fuck up, though, proving that Sue is just like the smartest student. Yeah. Here. Next up is Mina and Kaminari versus Nezu. Uh, they think that for some reason this is they got this in the bag, even though he's the fucking principal and they are certifiably the dumbest people in school. <laughs> 
like literally numerically provably the dumbest yeah. people do you, school. do you think this was actually a matchup based on you know like like who would be best equipped for this or was the principal just like fuck these kids <laughs> i think i think like it, it's potentially something like we're gonna like fucking embarrass these people that need to do better honestly yeah, yeah. so that they do better honestly yeah, i didn't you know i was kidding when i said that but like that's very valid, and I think that you might be onto something there. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, Kaminari can like disrupt electrical signals, and Nezu is in a crane, right? Yeah. Um, and Mina can acid walls apart, so like they should have had that. Mm-hmm. Like there was there was a total mm-hmm. opportunity for them yeah. to do it. Nezu even notes like I left an opening for you, but you didn't see it. Bye. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Nezu going completely feral here. Also, oh yeah, I mean because he's an actual animal. Oh I mean they start God. they start hearing a bunch of noise like something's going wrong before like the entirety of Field Gamma starts like collapsing on them. But like I said, Nezu is far away in a crane. Momo is like, oh, it's probably because he used his forecasts uh, and got these results through intense calculations and he's like oh i'm gonna do this chain reaction he knocks against a wall which hits like an electrical thing and blows it up and makes this thing fly it's fucking uh like a it's holy shit it's mouse trap oh, oh fuck it's mouse trap oh my god it's mouse trap oh my god my favorite mm. thing is too is uh is recovery girl saying that the reason that he's like this is to uh get back at humans for animal testing basically yeah honestly fuck yeah let him let him go yeah. off, you know? He sc- he screams about how the intellectual type villains always watch and act from the shadows as he mm. spills the literal tea. We get uh any and all info about him at all. Uh his name is Nezu, of course. Uh his quirk is high specs. He is an animal with a quirk, the only one in the world. Um, and he's basically smart to the point of predicting the immediate future mm. or saying like, oh, if I do this, this will happen. He's kind of like Karnak from the Inhumans where like Karnak can see like a, fl- a, a structural flaw in something or like he knows like if I strike here, this building yeah. will fall down, even though I'm just punching it. The animation of Nezu when he's just driving <laughs> the crane and screaming might be one of my favorite just like little so animation bits just him just like super fucking blurry screaming tea flying everywhere while he's just like ha 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 in the background it's It's like okay that's relatable it's so good they try to escape indoors but nezu knows all of the shit um and he's leaving one way open like i said but they didn't find it in time and they fail uh the second failed group of the uh the exams after uh sato and kirishima kaminari is somebody who i'm really interested to learn like like I don't I want to see him when he gets his shit together because I feel like he has the potential to like really fuck shit up and be very very good I mean Mm -hmm. because think about it Todoroki is like all elemental based too with his fire and his ice and he's insanely powerful Kaminari obviously gets a, a little loopy when he does too big of a blast but like also like he could be redirecting shit like in like I mean he's in an industrial park there were like cables and shit everywhere like that's what I'm saying there was a big yeah. crane there you could have done something like he he could have done something really cool so I'm very interested in seeing like where his training takes him because I do like him a lot as a character and I think he has the capacity and the potential to do like really great things I love it when you guys just say something that will happen <laughs> like, later on. there are multiple moments in the last thing where Cam says something like what I like about my hero is this, this, and this, and I go, Ooh. oh, do you now? <laughs> Stars above. Stars above. <laughs> God. 
Um, next up is Jiro and Coda versus Presentation Michael. All three of them have sound related quirks, which is interesting. Uh, Mike is too loud for Jiro to basically function at all. And Coda uh, says that the animals will run away because of Mike's screams. Basically, his quirk is that he can control animals yeah. um, by talking to them. That's it. I love the actual text of yeah <laughs> coming yeah. out of Mike. Um, I don't know if they literally see the letters yeah, but I think it's very cool. And then I said here, wait, is Mike Super Saiyan? Like he's oh, super saying. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! I, literally, it's not intentional, but I was just thinking, okay. like, whoa, he's super saying some stuff. <laughs> I like the idea of present Mike like getting into a rap battle, and he spits some bars so hard that they literally just kill people. <laughs> <laughs> Him versus the manga guy who can speak onomatopoeias, and they show up yeah. as like physical yeah. items. Yeah, oh, watch that. That's Fuck. good. That's good. We get a uh, intro to present Mike here, but since he's busy at the moment, it's done by Aizawa. Which I love. It's so good. And you can like totally tell that present Mike wrote it. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do note that, like, we get a lot more info here than we do in any other intro. And I'm and I'm thinking that it's just because they're friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But present Mike quirk voice, crazy tones, crazy pitch, crazy volume. There's this little shot of him doing this thing with his <laughs> arms, which is like <laughs> so good. I don't know what the fuck that is, but it's very good. Um, he hosts Put Your Hands Up Radio, <laughs> which is very good. Uh, there's an in, there's an interview with him and uh, the voice actor for Deku where they're just kind of talking about their characters and like the voice actor for Mike is like I don't like English <laughs> and he's like put put your hands up radio put your hands up like like both hands what does that mean <laughs> I'm like Jesus Love Christ that. you're so different from your character mm, we glossed over this too and I want to say that Mike's face whenever Jiro is like talking about like how good he is like the superpower death amp and stuff like his face haunts me yeah yeah <laughs> it's the worst face I've ever seen his eyebrows and shit that he does where it's just mm -hmm. like he's like squinting but mm -hmm. his eyes are open wide at the same time mm -hmm. It's some wild shit. I love him so much. <laughs> he had the rare occurrence of a quirk happening right after birth. Like normally you're like five or six or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and some like people are also buying the fact that Deku's showed up at 15. So like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. apparently it's, you know, you can, it can just happen whenever typically when you're younger though but uh he everybody in the icu fucking had their ears bleeding after he was born God. which is like oops he has a directional speaker on his neck um to make sure that not everybody in the entire world hears him i guess jiro finds an ant is like oh shit coda there's bugs here can you do that and he's fucking terrified which relatable yeah jiro uh cancels out mike's sound and he calls it cheap equipment which is so funny <laughs> for somebody who is like uh, like a music professional yeah. person to like comment on yeah. the gear I think is like very That's funny very <laughs> realistic unfortunately <laughs> it's true it's true just be like mm, your amp isn't that yeah, good <laughs> no I yeah I, I've been there uh, code is like I can control bugs uh so Jiro fucking blasts open a rock to reveal some fucking Timon and Pumbaa bugs Coda notices that Jiro's ears are bleeding and he feels like shit because he's like, here I am cowering behind a tree. I got into UA and I'm literally just a dude in a T-shirt hiding behind a tree right now. <laughs> um, we get a little flashback to Coda telling his similarly rock headed mom that he got into UA. And then he tells the bugs to go fuck up Mike's shit and they wicked do. I do have to say I. OK, so I find Coda adorable. He's a very good boy. But after Mineta, he is the one who I feel like 
I don't know 100% what you're doing here. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being overly critical of him. I think but... after I think after this episode, I definitely felt like, OK, like you are starting to get it. Yeah. But I, I absolutely do understand what you're saying, because like we haven't really and it could also just be like we haven't really seen them do much. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I don't know. I think that when I think of heroes, like you want to think of like somebody who's like all terrain, like can. And that's the thing is like sure. he very much would be resigned. Like he'd have to operate in like in a rural area. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he got in and Shinso didn't get in like, OK. Yeah. Right. Maybe, I like, I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm bitter is because, like, I just, like, look at kids in 1A and I'm like, yeah, could have been Shinzo. <laughs> you're the great, you're the great, you're the grape guy and the other purple guy didn't get in. Yeah. He's way better than you. His hair doesn't suck. <laughs> I'm, I'm also, like, the number one Shinzo stan. Koda carries Jiro to the finish and they win, which I think is really cute. Even though mm -hmm. her eardrums are just burst, he's like... No, I fucked up. I'm, I'm going to carry you. In the commercial break thing, it says that Aoyama likes himself, which I <laughs> love so much. <laughs> Normally it's like pork cutlet bowl or apples or whatever. It's just like me. <laughs> <laughs> Next is Shoji and Hagakure versus Snipe. Snipe's quirk is listed as homing, which I don't know if it's like he can curve bullets or if it's just he's got good aim or what. We, we won't know for... I mean, I don't know now what his work like really actually Him does. Gun, good. Gun, yeah. Hagakure went in Viso as Shoji rushes Snipe so he can cuff him, and then we get a stupid boob joke. There's nothing in this one. My note for this episode is if I were Invisible Girl, the entire time I would be worried that my quirk would one day just stop working. Oh, God. Yeah, what happens if Aizawa is just like, That's another where thing are that you? I wonder. Is like, so does Aizawa's... I, okay, because I, I didn't know if, like, that was something that was established, because obviously he can't, like, like, people with animal quirks, he can't, like, revert their shape. So, the like, heteromorphic ones, yeah. Yes, so exactly. I, th I, I, th I think that maybe she, like, literally is Interesting. a heteromorphic, and, like, she, she yeah. just, like, chemically, biologically is invisible, and it's not, like her using something because if she if she, if it was something she could be turned on and off she wouldn't be the type of person that's just like oh i want people to see me and stuff like that mm -hmm. right so i think it's just like she just is that yeah um and she, mm -hmm. she her quirk does progress later on and does some cool stuff but like up till now she's just like i'm just invisible it's fine but yeah no stupid boob joke and speaking of stupid boobs it's minetta and sarah's <laughs> turn <laughs> deku's like i feel just i feel stronger just watching all of these exams um, except Mineta, who is crying and running. He's crying blood, running away from midnight. Crying blood. Again, we can do the math uh, of how long it'll take him to bleed out this way. But um, <laughs> she put Sarah to sleep. Uh, we get a real quick intro here. Her quirk is called Somnambulist, um, and she can put you to sleep. And that's it. I love Midnight. I think she rules. Recovery Girl is like, I don't really, I don't care for Mineta. <laughs> I don't think that he's going to make it to the end of school. And I have, I mentioned lately how much I love Recovery Girl. I just like picture, as soon as you said that, like the Arrested Development, like I love all the students equally. I don't really care for Mineta. <laughs> I think I think I've literally seen like a like a meme edit of that that's Arrested good. Development thing with Aizawa. I don't care for Mineta. That's so good. Basically, he has no goal. Like, if your goal is just to be a hero, you don't have a future because you're going to just be a hero. And then and then what? Why did you want to be a hero? Mm. Um, I said, wow, man, looks like Deku getting stronger motivation in our last episode helped him just in time to not get roasted by Recovery Girl. <laughs> Mineta just wanted to be popular. Stain would have absolutely killed him. He would have fucking 
He would have fucking made some grape juice out of that motherfucker, made some Welch's goddamn shit. After having a brush with death at USJ, he realized that people aren't cool because they're heroes. They're heroes because they're cool. <laughs> and that's your character development, everyone. Uh, and uh, that and also I wanted to become a hero so that girls would touch me. Yeah, that's buddy. like sucks. It sucks. He becomes more competent as like a fighter and a, like a student. But the only growth we ever see is like Mina tells him like, hey, stop being a fucking creep. And he and he slows. He cuts it back a little bit mm -hmm. as time goes on. That's really it. It's it sucks. It sucks. I also have the note, um, dude, if you became a hero to become cool, why is your costume a diaper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why are you Dexter's Lab diaper boy? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so Christ. bad. He gets her stuck to a rock with her whip and uh, escapes with grape rush, which text pops up and it's like, OK, okay but mm, we should also note, too, the reason he is crying blood, he's not crying because he's scared. He's crying that because he is jealous that Sarah got him out of the situation and fell asleep on Midnight's boobs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is why he's upset. Not because God. he's afraid he's going to lose. He, oh God, he's the fucking worst. I you wish. Guys. At least he worst. wears a mask. At least he wears a mask. Yeah. <laughs> he made a mask out of Sarah's tape. I wish Midnight would have just fucking killed him. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that, like, and again, this isn't something that I think is intentional, and nor is any of the stuff that where I'm, like, reading between the lines and saying something. Like, I don't necessarily think Horikoshi and the people are literally saying this, but I'm saying that there is enough there to be like, oh, cool. But, like, Aizawa, Present Mike, and Midnight all went to school together, and they went mm -hmm. one after another at the exams. I'm like, oh, cool. Oh. It kind of puts them together in your brain oh, a little okay. bit. I, that feels intentional to me. Like yeah. you saying that, I'm like, oh yeah, they were like besties in school, mm -hmm. or like at least mm -hmm. close. Midnight is midnight is one year beyond them mm -hmm. in in school. She graduated a year before them. Mike and Aizawa uh, went to class with somebody else that we've already met, but we don't we haven't learned yet who that they were that they went to school with them. It yet. was me. It's, it's Cam. Yeah. It's Deku's turn. Bakugo is waiting for him at the entrance. They didn't practice at all, and that's when the uh, episode ends. But the next one, like I said, Katsuki Bakugo Origin. It's an origin one. Like there was a Shoto one and there was a Deku one. So here's here's your here's your Bakugo um, catharsis a little bit. Here. Okay. He's still an asshole, but I used the word catharsis in my notes. And I wanted to ask before we even get into this episode, did y'all cry? So like when we finished watching season one, I watched like all the way through season two just in my own time because I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, and like I was like getting a little choked up because I know where they're going. And like, I'm just I'm just like, oh, this this is such a pivotal moment for Bakugo and Deku together. I legit am getting choked up thinking about it. <laughs> my first time watching through it, I teared up a lot. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, so was good. Not ex I don't think the first time because I've seen this. This is probably the third time I've watched it. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't remember if the other times I got emotional, but this time I watched it and I got real emotional, like watching this episode for two different reasons. And we can get into it because they're towards the end of the episode. But like, sure, I was curious if this if this got to you because it like majorly got to me this time. <laughs> yeah. Bakugo is mad that he's getting surpassed by somebody that's literally using his moves, which valid. <laughs> yeah. Deku wants to talk with Bakugo, doesn't want to work together at all. He wants to beat All Might head on by himself. And Deku's like, so you think you can just do that? You're that strong? You're not strong enough to do that. And he gets fucking gauntlet backhanded for insinuating that Bakugo is weak, which is like 
Yeah. And I think that like this is kind of interesting if you go back to Todoroki's fight too, um, because both Todoroki and Bakugo, we've talked about them being like the gifted kids constantly. Yeah. And like here you see it, but in different ways, which we've also mm-hmm. talked about the whole time. Bakugo's hot headed, Todoroki's kind of cold and calculated. Like both of how they are and how they were raised, like really come through in these mm-hmm. because neither one of them like really super wants to work with like anybody else they both think eh, well i'm like the most fucking powerful so like what are you really going to bring to the table and todoroki does it with like the best intentions but he's still pulling that fuck boy shit mm-hmm. he's still pulling that <laughs> yeah. Fuck- yeah 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 you're right absolutely we see the observation room and i love this shot a lot because it's it's the boys divided by the street line in the center mm, yeah and like deku's on one side and baka goes on the other it's like y'all know how to do this cinematography. <laughs> interior framing go. Yeah. cinematography yeah. <laughs> and like recovery girl is basically just lamenting that their rivalry uh isn't letting up in the face of the challenge here all might is about to wreck shit just as soon as deku says this is why we can't have nice things basically <laughs> and all might is in like full villain mode and does not care about about collateral damage like he's committing to the role which is cool mm. it might be too big brain but somebody who literally acts like a different person for his job uh he's pretty good at acting <laughs> yeah it was like terrifying honestly it goes back to like what the first episode we did when we first see that video mm-hmm. that deku watches yeah. constantly mm-hmm. you were like so what do you think about all might like when you first saw him because he can he can look villainous really easily yeah. it's concerning but i love him it like makes <laughs> sense because like he's you know basically unstoppable Mm -hmm. you expect like a a character that's like above reproach to eventually have like a heel turn yeah thing Mm -hmm. you know in both all might's fight and in nezu's fight like i just kept kept thinking like imagine if these guys were villains like yeah absolutely mm. nezu would be Um, an incredible villain yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i think so too he tells them that if you think about this shit as an exam you're gonna die because i'm going whole hog dude all might gets hit with a stun grenade uh but he grabs bakugo's face thinking that he'd back down instead he blasts all might in the fucking face it doesn't do much but it's still he's just like damn i grabbed him in his face and he didn't he didn't like try to get away (laughs) deku is uh challenged uh by All Might for leaving his teammate behind and trying to run. He tries to run away and and Deku, who has no sense of himself, and Bakugo, who only has a sense of himself, literally collide midair as Deku tries to run away. All Might traps Deku and fucking clocks Bakugo so hard that he barfs. Yeah. Which is like, it, I thought that it was just spit, but then there's like close-ups and he's got like yellow yeah. crust on yeah, his I'm face. Like, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> You made him puke up his little applesauce, man. (laughs) Bakugo is like, I admired All Might because he always won. And so that's his style now. And All Might is like, you're angry because Deku is good now. And I get that. But Deku went from level 1 to 20. And you went from level 20 to 22. A novice levels up real quick. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here looking at my Pokemon Go like level 39 score. I'm like, yep. Yeah, Yeah, dog. (laughs) This is another moment that I really love because it contrasts two characters who are similar. But, mm-hmm. but slightly different. And that's like him versus Aizawa. Because when Aizawa is training with Momo, he's like, mm, this girl is not confident, but that's not my job right now. Like, I got to play this role. And like, while All Might, All Might is like super into this role and he's being villainous. Yeah, he's, he's doing both. He's doing both. But he like is the second that he sees Bakugo like kind of struggling, even if Bakugo would never admit that, even if he doesn't look like he is like. All Might can sense, like, mm, this kid's, like, pissed off, and because yeah. of this anger, he's not doing what he needs to be doing, and he tries mm-hmm. to kind of connect with him, even in the middle of this exam. 
because because he knows that if he realizes what he's fucking up, then he can stop fucking it up and mm, do good yeah. and win legitimately. And I think he's the only teacher who like explicitly helps a student during the exam. I think that All Might like literally coaching during a battle is like the only example of a teacher being like, OK, I got to I got to put the teacher hat on for like one sec. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He says that there's so much wasted potential in you, Bakugo, and you have so mm. much more room to grow. And Bakugo doesn't want to hear that he's not as good as 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 he can be. Um, and he's like, if I have to accept help from Deku, I would rather lose. And then Barfmouth gets punched by fucking Deku now and is carried away after getting carried away, I said. That was a sick, like, still frame, though, of where Deku mm. just kind of lays him out. He's telling him, like, stop being a punk bitch right now, dude. Like, we gotta win. That had been building for, like, ten years. <laughs> oh, yeah. and he needed to do it. Oh, yeah. Like, that was one of those, like, if you get, like, a new animal, right? Like, a new pet. Mm -hmm. Generally, at first, they fuck with each other. Like, if you yeah. get a dog and you get a second dog. And then there's, like, that incident where the other dog is like, you need to fucking stop. Yes. And then yeah. usually things after that are better mm -hmm. because they've learned yeah. boundaries. Totally. And Deku, this was his instance of being, like, you need to fucking stop. Yeah. Deku in an alleyway takes offense to Bakugo saying that he'd rather lose. He's like, that's not the Bakugo that I got beat up by. That's not the Bakugo I know. And you need to learn how to like accept an outstretched helping hand here. Um, we get a little flashback to um, Bakugo fighting some bullies, one of which has a shirt that just says fun and then a poop on it. So I like the f I like I like the fun shit shirt. Hell yeah. Fun shit. Let's go. Bakugo's like, I didn't bump into you. You bumped into me <laughs> being like little Rorschach or whatever the fuck. Um, Bakugo beat up some bullies that were like double his size and then gets joined by chicken wings and chicken fingers to praise him for a job well done. I also have in my notes right here, uh, Deku in quotes, you're you because you never give in. And I said, Deku, kiss him. I dare you. <laughs> uh, Jess and John Cena, yep. Baku Deku shippers. Yep. yep. Hustle loyalty and respect. Let's go. <laughs> President Bakugo punches a wall and explodes it and tells Deku, like, I can't avoid fighting uh, even though it's All Might because that's some weak shit. And mm. so they decide to make a plan. Bakugo is <laughs> like, the look on his face is just like, I hate this. Um, but he uh, attacks All Might and distracts him so Deku can use one of Bakugo's gauntlets. Uh, and a compromise between running and fighting, which is very good. And they, they escape after after doing that. Deku using the gauntlet is so cool. And then he tweaks his shoulder and he's like, whoa, you do this all yeah. the time, bro. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, this seems like there was an, a deep underlying pain that had to do with his quirk that Bakugo was dealing with for a long time that you didn't know about Deku. Huh? Ah. <laughs> Stars above. <laughs> all Might is like envy, hate, pursuit. Awe, rejection, and pride, all of this shit is going on with them, and they don't even know how to interact anymore. It's a big mm. fucking mess. They're almost like a like a like a couple that you really wish would break up because they can't talk yeah. about they can't talk about fucking popcorn without it being about how you're turning into your dad or whatever. <laughs> you know? God. <laughs> oh God. They're the couple who you go on a double date and then they start fighting and you're just like, mm, chick, please. <laughs> God, I, I hate that you said that. And I'm like, 
Yeah, I've been on one of those at Applebee's before. All Might is like, this This like big problem is not something that can change overnight, but hopefully this cooperation or failure can be a big step for them in the future. And now your teacher's going to do his best. I fucking love All Might, dude. All Might's great. Something good that he notes, too, is um, back in, like, God, when Deku and Bakugo are against each other and like the first like training exercise they do, mm-hmm. they lose major fucking points because they completely destroy the building. And in mm-hmm. this instance, he's like, ooh, also they learned because they only fucked up the parts that I as a villain ha- had already messed with. So like they're not yeah. causing more damage, which is smart. I love it when lessons carry over. Yeah, uh, they nearly make it to the exit and they're like, did we really knock out All Might? And All Might is like, I don't know, did you? <laughs> it's like, oh, that shit. was cool as hell. It was so good. Yeah, because I even I put that in quotes because it's like they're like talking. They're like, OK, we're going to do this, this and this, at least in the dub. And then he flies between them. He's like, interesting. And then what will you do? Yeah, yeah. that shit yeah. is so good. That's, that is <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, scares the shit out of them before he busts Bakugo's other other gauntlet and blocking Deku as well. Mm. He yeets Bakugo into a building, but Bakugo bounces right back uh, only to get hit with Deku being wielded by All Might, who tells Deku, bro, you look terrified right now. (laughs) (laughs) All Might's like, cool, you're working together, but literally like a thing everyone else did already Mm -hmm. and a prerequisite for this exam. Like, I'm not going to praise you for like, oh, cool. You didn't shank each other in the spinal column. Great. Mm -hmm. That's I once again, I put that in quotes, too. I put uh, cooperation was not an option. It was a prerequisite for this match. And I was like, ooh, he just like fucking dropped that on them. This isn't a win for you guys. This is you getting on like uh, like, cool. Now you have any points at all here instead Mm -hmm. of zero points. Uh, A lot of the stuff talking about like with the Gran Torino stuff talking about how like mm-hmm. All Might's maybe not the best teacher but like in this no. he's a fucking incredible teacher he's a real good teacher in he this episode. is crushing it because what he what he's good at is actually fighting and doing hero yeah. work like he's not good yeah. at teaching yeah. All Might is absolutely not the teacher you want prepping you for the AP exam yeah <laughs> oh my absolutely. god no but but he will like he is the teacher who like if you're going through shit you can be like can I have lunch in your office or whatever yeah. and he'd be like yeah let's let's talk yeah he's like <laughs> he's he's the good English teacher he's like the assistant football coach you know yeah. like the cool one because the head coach is like a little too far up his own ass yeah yes. yeah yeah. <laughs> All Might looks to, uh, oh, uh, Bakugo is reminded basically just how far there is to go for him before he can really fight on All Might's level and, and like the wall that he has to, uh, to to get over here. All Might looks to have them beat when Bakugo does uh, another 100% blast, knocking him away and tweaking his arm again. Mm-hmm. He grabs Deku and he's like, I don't want to win this way, but if this is the only way that I'm that I can win, I'm going to I'm going to do it. Something that shows growth from the sports festival. You're not going to see him in a muzzle protesting that he won mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like a little bit like, yeah, I wish I could have, you know, fucking punch all Might's head off or whatever. But I still won, proving that I'm better than all might. He says his spicy word, die, which <laughs> Jess called a spicy word, and yeets Deku to the finish. However, All Might performs a New Hampshire smash and uses the wind pressure to fly straight into Deku and break his ass with his ass. That's No, I th- once again, another note that I have here, All Might has broken both of these children's spines. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, if this was not an anime, you ain't walking after this fight. Like, Oh, no. He has killed. He like, has killed them both. <laughs> they are paralyzed. <laughs> this is the school of hard knocks for real. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. 
Bakugo's gauntlets uh, stored up sweat for his blast, but they also like serve as braces for his like uh, arms as well. And mm -hmm. without them, he can't use his max firepower without risking his health. But as Bakugo says, um, I was stupid to think that I could win this without taking risks. And he does another 100% blast uh, hurting him. He tells Deku to leave, but <laughs> but it looks like Deku became 30-year-old me after picking something off the ground incorrectly because he tweaked his back and can't move good. <laughs> you ever just like get out of the shower and then you like pick up a, a towel and then you have to lay down for three days? I did that uh, when I was playing Crisis Core on the PSP on my grandma's couch. I like adjusted slightly and tweaked my back and it hurt for a week. I'm a healthy person. <laughs> <laughs> Bakugo's like, even with your fucking cobbled together power, I'm still faster than you. Make yourself useful. Mm -hmm. He does another 100% blast. And like, this is the part that I like got a little emotional at here. He goes, ow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, buddy. <laughs> this is where I got emotional, too. Yeah. It's when he says, I will win the way I want to. Mm -hmm. And like, he's just like giving his all. He's hurting himself. He's he's pulling some Deku stuff. Yeah. And I like I got emotional because I was because mm -hmm. it makes you think about the whole dynamic between him, All Might and Deku and like the frustration that like I, and like that's the thing, right? Is like I feel like people can write off like Bakugo as being a bully so easily. Mm -hmm. But like when mm -hmm. you actually understand like the emotions inside him mm -hmm. and then also the frustration of like he was All Might's biggest fan. Like yeah. Deku, the whole show is centered around Deku, right? So like we see Deku growing up and being All Might's biggest fan. But like Deku was the one who was just staring at the TV in awe while Bakugo was going, and then he's going to do this and this and this because he's amazing. Deku learned how to like All Might from yeah. Bakugo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then to see it to where like he can visibly see this relationship between his hero and this guy who like didn't put in the work like he did. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like, can you imagine how frustrating that is? Totally. Yeah. The physical work, right? Because yeah. he it's it's another thing of like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so Bakugo is like, you basically cheated. But like Deku has been taking literally 12 books worth of notes on mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. heroes. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's good is because he's like, oh, I'm going to watch and learn and do something. And I'm not just going to be me. I'm going to learn. I'm going to be exceptional because of the collective and yeah. not just be exceptional. Yeah, and I think some, um, which I think is really cool. I, I think that Deku thinks like, I'm at such a disadvantage. I'm at such a disadvantage. And like, that is true. But at the same time, every character, and we've, we've also talked about this, has these physical limitations. And mm -hmm. Bakugo goes through like extreme fucking pain doing what he can do. Yeah. And like Deku, mm -hmm. like they just these two boys can relate to each other more than they know. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And like, that's the whole thing, right? Like, I'm not saying anything new saying that, but it's just like, it's so good. Yeah. The show is so good. Yeah, it's and, so I, good. and I joke about Aoyama, but like, he's a dude that is worried about pooping himself all yeah. the time. Mm -hmm. And so he literally wears rose perfume all the time. Like, it's not the same as like my hand gets shattered if I do anything, but it's still like... Oh, I'm going to be a I'm going to be a pro hero and show up and be a poo hero, actually, because I did it too hard. Like that sucks. Yeah. So yeah. everybody's got their, their their own limits to to watch and stuff. And even though Aoyama is like a comedic character, like, yeah, I don't know. I can I can I can see some of the logic there of just mm -hmm. like I'm paranoid about this. So I'm going to overcompensate myself in public constantly. Are you kidding? I'm me? afraid of shitting myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> He uh, he's Mineta's get up. <laughs> <laughs> Poopy bowl. Jesus Christ. But anyway, to get to get back to it though, uh, this part did make me cry. 
enough about poop. Um, <laughs> uh, Bakugo, when you when you like process all of the emotions he's going through, or at least attempt to, and you have like the I don't know, he he makes me emotional. I I just want to yeah. see him thrive and be okay. Yeah. His name is Katsuki, which means to win. Yeah. Like <laughs> when you are named the exploding boy that wins. You're going to be the exploding boy that wins. Fuck, man. Mm. Um, you're ex- king explosion murder. <laughs> but no, him saying ow is just like, because he would never yeah. admit weakness no. ever. But so so you got to know that like him going ah is like a lot. Mm-hmm. Deku hobbles to the exit as All Might grabs Bakugo's head and slams him into the ground and tells him to go to sleep. Um, and sort of like what Jess was saying, like, uh, I'm a little traumatized seeing you do to your body what Deku always does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good that he cares about more students than just Deku, right? Bakugo doesn't actually get knocked out here yet. He says, I break and break myself. Even if it means twisting myself, I'll win the way that I choose. I won't accept that I can't beat you like that. And then he bites All Might's hand. And I'm like, yes, yeah, let's, let's go, go. Shit. Deku probably would have won if he just left, but he chose to fight All Might and then save Bakugo, which is mirrored in the first uh, the first season when he does that exact same thing. Second time I cried, too. Yeah. Um, and I think mm-hmm. I was just worked out or worked up from the emotion of like the, the, the previous one. Yeah, the Bakugo stuff. When Deku punches All Might in the face. With the smile. Yeah, that got me. Yeah, that's just that huge. Me. Earlier in the season, Torino says your yes. admiration of All Might is a crutch and you need mm-hmm. to th- you need to it holds you back and you need to uh, throw that away. And so what does he do to literally pass the exam is he punches All Might in the fucking yeah. face. Shit rules. Yeah. At this point, too, like we know that like All Might's growing weaker. He can't hold that form for yeah. as long like he and and so like. Well, I feel like we all know that, like, for All Might to do this, for him to pass it on, for him to admit all this, like, we know that he's willing to pass on the torch. You know, we know that he is kind of emotionally, like, going through this and, like, he's ready for someone else to take his place. But at the same time, like, to see One for All used against him and, and like, for him to take that blow and for it to hurt him yeah. and, like, for him to realize, like, I'm not, like, I'm losing this. It's it's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. Like processing that, mm-hmm. like watching that was hard for me. I just like that that part really, really speaks out to me because like Deku needed to do that for a lot of different reasons. Like obviously, like oh, instinctually, yeah. you know, he I don't think he was ever going to leave without Bakugo. Like he was always mm-hmm. gonna go back for him. But like the fact that he did, you know, like he's like, All right, all might we're gonna fucking square up, bud. Like that's fucking huge because he would not have done that like not even like he wouldn't have done it at the beginning of the exam yeah Yeah. (laughs) Deku apologizes to Bakugo who is now passed out Um, and All Might remembers the growth that Deku's had since meeting him and he remembers like you've always been the one to put on an uneasy smile and try to save somebody no matter what and it's times like this that there isn't a wall that can stop you this is where I teared up (laughs) (laughs) that's the kind Mm -hmm. of person you've always been we have one last sesh with recovery girl scolding all might uh recovery girl only kisses asses when they're broken um (laughs) all might notes that deku has gotten so strong since meeting him and that he's a different person now and i agree um the anime ass yelling stuff and crying like it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. anymore and while he's still like a goofball he's not trying he's not crying himself into a hole in the ground on national tv anymore Mm -hmm. Uh, which he did at the beginning of this season Bakugo was able to smile in the face of that like big wall, uh, says All Might, and uh, you have so much potential to get stronger. 
And uh, Deku says that some of us learned our own weaknesses and moved a step forward. Some learned what is necessary to be a hero. Some were thwarted by high walls. And some moved towards new goals. With these bittersweet feelings, our exams ended. And, like... I'm not tooting my own horn, but when I like made the metaphor at the beginning of this season where I was like, oh, the the wall at the end of yeah. the OP is a metaphor for what they'd have to overcome. I was like, damn, they're talking about walls yeah. a lot in this ending episode, ain't they? I literally just made that connection as you were saying, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. Stars, Stars above. above. <laughs> <laughs> um, back at the league of literally just two people, our broker dude shows <laughs> can, up. Can you be a league if you are two people? <laughs> like I mean, A league of their own. Like, would we... Right now, are we a league of podcasters? We, yes. There's more people here. Yeah. There's more people here. <laughs> I mean, I was always told when I went to college that you can start a club with one other person and a sponsor, and that's what they got. So. <laughs> Shit, you're right. Holy fuck. Yeah. The, the, the villainy club. <laughs> <laughs> the bad boys club. <laughs> bad boys. Uh, but yeah, our broker dude shows up and it's about, okay, our broker dude shows up and about time two with some new members of the DK crew is what I said. His name is uh, Jiren and he's the dude I mentioned in the bonus episode whose quirk is to make people forget that they talk to him, which is super cool given his line of work. Mm -hmm. um, he uh, he leaves a gap in your memory and has a gap in his teeth, which I think I, that's got to be intentional design, in my opinion. Um, Jiren brought, uh, brought the body mod goth and the Yandere girl uh, to join the league as narrator Deku remarks that the league gets stronger every time that they fight. Um, which is good because they're the antagonist of the series. <laughs> Episode 38, get ready for some more paragraphs from all three of us, probably, because there's a lot happening here. I feel bad that this like episode of this podcast is like going to be really long. But at the same time, this is the finale of season two and the shit that happens mm -hmm. here is so important. So and the next episode is just going to be us screaming about anime. So it's oh, fine. yeah, yeah. Anime I have not seen yet. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Oh, my God, you haven't, about. right? No. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, dude. Okay. <sighs> fucking jacked. Oh my god, I'm so excited for you. I'm like jealous and excited. We're, it's gonna be some real good shonen shit. Back at Shiggy's Playhouse, we get introduced to the actual <laughs> the actual named members of the league. Himiko uh, Toga is the high school girl, um, and she's a super murderer that kills via blood loss. Um, she says it's super hard to live in the current hero society, and she wants to make it an easier place to live. And she wants to be like Stain, which is like, that's like, you're kind of right, but I don't. I think you're just kind of crazy. <laughs> the body mod goth is next. He hasn't done anything flashy. But he's big into Stain's ideology and he hates fake ass heroes and, and like people like Endeavor. He says he goes by Dobby right now, but that's not his real name. Shigaraki's like, you guys are fucking lame. You're an idiot. You're too mysterious. I'm out of here. He doesn't think that there'll be much help. And Kuragiri's like, bro, good help is hard to find these days. And we need to strike while the iron is hot because like literally even villains need to benefit from good PR. And Shigaraki's like, I got to go take a walk and have some character development. <laughs> <laughs> Back at UA, like, have you ever, I, like, I feel like I've done that in my real life of just being like, Same. I'm going to take a oh, walk yeah. and then have character yeah. development. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, back at UA, the kids that fail are sad as hell that they can't go to the camp. But Aizawa is here to tell you that everyone is going. The written exam was the one that would determine if they just straight up wouldn't go. And everyone passed that. Thanks to Momo. Oops, Saro failed the exam, though, because <laughs> it looks like cuddling and napping doesn't get you a passing score. I could have told them that from my college experience. The failures are going to do summer school, though, basically, while they're there. So it's not going to be all fun and games. The kids are going to be there for like a week. So it's a shopping trip, y'all. Let's go. 
Deku's shirt says T-shirt though, and I like yeah. that a lot. <laughs> it's very very good. The scene of them like out like going shopping is like. I like I play a lot of the Persona games mm. and it's always been like my favorite Ooh. thing of like just seeing them outside of their school uniforms because you can like see them express their personality a little bit more. That's just Pinky has a shirt that says Pinky. <laughs> yeah, like those little those little touches are just always my favorite things about stuff that takes place in Japan that is like around school mm. life. Mm -hmm. Just like seeing the characters be able to express themselves a little more. I completely yeah. agree. Like I know some people are very anti like fan service you know oh it's filler blah 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 blah. i love it yeah like especially in persona like i got that you're so right though like in persona four and five and i'm sure like mm. i haven't played the other ones but like those are like the no best parts <laughs> yeah, right? hey no no those hey, are no. those are the best parts and even like in avatar the last airbender the beach episode yeah. that shit is yeah. so good like i love seeing yeah. them like try to interact as normal people and express themselves mm -hmm. like in a non-academic setting it's so good mm -hmm. and in my opinion filler what filler is is something that you can literally not watch and it would be the same like naruto is full of that stuff mm -hmm. there are other anime that are that are full of that stuff or there's like a bottle this isn't even like a bottle episode or anything like that this is like i wrote the most about this episode probably than any other episode like mm -hmm. there's there's a bunch of shit here and mm -hmm. and you get world building here this is in my notes now uh we see the clothing brands that accommodate for motherfuckers that have eight arms or like yeah. big legs or fire ankles or whatever the kids get recognized here and that's really cool since they're basically college sports stars in this world mm -hmm. that alone it's like I, I don't know what i like about my hero is that you see a world that's bigger than just the people with special colored hair that do the good punches demon slayer which i recently watched which Fox, by the way, it rules. But it is guilty of that thing of just like everybody that's not a main character has like a brown bowl cut and wears black clothes. Mm, but the main yeah. character has like a fire coat and like yeah. red hair and a cool yeah. scar and mm. his sword is like this. The anime protagonist trope is a thing for a reason. Yeah. Mm. Uraka and Deku are left alone after everybody goes off to buy their shit. Mineta's buying some fucking perv gear or whatever. I don't fucking care. Uraka freaks out um, and then needs to go think about her. She's like, she's like, I need to go do some character development on my own. <laughs> and with Deku alone, he's recognized by uh, the ashy hands man himself the one for all and all for one protégés are going to have a little battle of wits and the winner gets today's character development <laughs> the mall is uh selling stained bootleg merch and that seems weird until you remember that in like every mall in a, the united states of america there are camo t-shirts with trump as superman so like yeah shigaraki is jealous of this though and he's like i don't get what the difference between us is I like we both want to kill heroes. That's the same thing. Why do you why does Stain have followers like Toga and Dobby and Shigaraki has to hire a fucking temp agency to get friends? Shigaraki is like, why is Stain verified on Twitter? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Shigaraki absolutely is just a fucking like internet asshole oh, but yeah. like given a superpower yeah shigaraki uh comes across deku and grabs him and he's like i don't want to kill you but i will if you cause a scene and he's like isn't it wild deku that in society people like can gather in a place like this when literally any of these people could kill a ton of people with their quirk and in covid times Buddy, I'm with you. Let's not hang out in a big group where somebody could just kill a bunch of people. But still, he's got a point where anyone can fuck shit up, but society makes it beneficial to not use your quirk, your kosei, your originality freely and in a way that's a little sad from his perspective. So I understand that. There's like a, a time lapse cut or whatever. And he's like, anyways, I hate everything. And so I said, LOL, same. <laughs> what I hate most right now is the hero killer stain, though. 
We just want to destroy what we don't like. So what's the difference? And looking at quirks, you can see what's different. Stain is judging the insides of heroes and judging who is worthy. Mm -hmm. The problem being that literally only two people were worthy to him. And Shigaraki decays stuff. He wants it all gone. No worthiness at all. Just the removal of the entire thing. Uraraka heads back to Deku after realizing that she's beefing a chance to hang out with a, with a friend. But she's really denying that he means as much to her as he actually does. Deku answers Shigaraki's uh, question by saying, like, I can't understand you. Like, the, I don't like Stain, but I understand where he's coming from, and I can understand what his logic is, flawed as it may be. Um, and I was saved by him. He was destroying not because he wanted to, he was living up to his ideals. Something shifts here, and Shigaraki is like, oh... Thanks for taking this weight off my chest. He realizes that the symbol of peace, All Might, is like this rusty lock keeping the gate shut. And if people really knew how fucking rusty and broken that lock was, they would know how easy it would be to escape what he sees as imprisonment. He's like, they can, everyone can gather and smile thoughtlessly because he smiles thoughtlessly. Mm -hmm. It's because trash like that smiles thoughtlessly as if there's no one he can't save. And we see a shot of a little boy standing over a disembodied hand in a pool of blood. And Shigaraki thanks Deku for the character development. And it looks like there was like a moment in his past where Shigaraki needed help, but nobody helped him is basically what I get from that mm -hmm. little shot. And it's really quick. The like hand and the thing. And you're yeah. like, and so it plants that thing in your head of just like, what's the deal with the hands? What, yeah. what is the hands? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like I said, you do find it out, but it's, it's going to be a little while. Uh, Shigaraki thinks about Stain and thanks Stain for allowing him to live because uh, they did fight. Uh, so that he could use Stain's ideology as a stepping stone to develop his own, which is like, it's so weirdly big brained for like a shonen. Mm. And I'm not saying that it's like, you know, pinky up smart, but it's just like, I don't know. In Dragon Ball, you don't hear Frieza be like, oh, cool. Your your ideology was a stepping stone to develop my ideology. It's no, I'm blasting you with lasers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Shigaraki like claiming like oh yeah i'm gonna use this to further develop my ideology, though. Like, bro, you need to have one. First. Like, I think yeah. that's like what Deku is straight up saying, too, is like in a, in a polite mm -hmm. way because he doesn't want to die. Right. Is it's like at least Stain has values like you mm -hmm. have. You don't even know what you want. He's doing the whole like Joker, like, I, you know, I'm just a dog chasing cars shit. Like he needs to figure right. out what he actually wants here. So much like Deku learning about all for one Shigaraki, knowing that he wants to take down All Might doesn't really change anything about his like goals, but it reframes why and it, and his convictions and it develops his motivations uraraka is here and causes the talk to end abruptly shigaraki starts to leave and deku's like what is all for one after and shigaraki tells the truth here and says he doesn't know hmm. he tells him another truth in that the next time they meet he will have decided to kill him ultimately uh the conclusion that shigaraki has come to is that the destruction of society necessitates the destruction of symbols and if what has been associated with safety is still around, it doesn't matter what I do because the mm -hmm. people are still going to have hope. So if I'm going to decay society, I got to decay the symbols, which is just like, <laughs> it's good shit. <laughs> Deku debriefs with Sukauchi and meets up with All Might. Deku seems to have latched onto something that Shigaraki said, that the heroes smile thoughtlessly. Deku's like, has there ever been a time where, like, there's somebody that you can't save? Remember, this is the kid that watched religiously the video of All Might saving, like, a trillion people. And it, like, this thought may have not even crossed his mind because of what Shigaraki referred to as those thoughtless smiles. Like, he literally didn't have the thought of it because All Might was doing his job. All Might's like, yeah, bro, it happens a lot. 
Um, somebody could be injured and passing out right now and calling for my name, but I can't reach them, but I'm here. I'm human too. All the more reason to smile though, because if the symbol of peace is inside everyone, people, heroes, and villains, society will be safer. And that's like the core question of the show, right? Is the symbol's exceptionalism doing such a good job that it's actually harming the collectivism mm -hmm. by making everybody slack off? Mm -hmm. Which, yeah. yes, it is doing that. <laughs> anyway, Mom Doria is here, and she's not loving the whole my son met a terrorist at the mall thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think many mothers would enjoy that. No, uh, no. Uh, she's like, my heart can't take it. I'm just like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm going to cry now. That's the shit that makes me a little bit emotional because mm -hmm. I have like a very strong connection with my mom uh, and she's like a single parent. So it's like, mm -hmm. I don't want to make my mom worried about me. Uh <laughs> <laughs> She's she's so cute. I love her. I yeah. I I love Inko Midoriya so much. She mm -hmm. rules. I'll be I'll be Deku's dad now. Um, <laughs> Sukauchi notes that the kids may be targeted from now on um, because the stronger the light, the greater the darkness. And he's like, Hey, All Might, you should stop being a teacher at UA because you're attracting a lot of oh terrorist <laughs> activity. <laughs> um, and and he's like, It's only been three months though, but it's like. I got to be a better teacher. I have to be better for these kids. And so there's like a little bit of a uh, there's a little bit of a like a, a seed planted for him trying to be a better like in classroom teacher rather than like, here's how you punch good. And so he's like, let's capture one for all properly this time. So, like I said, I've, I've been talking for a while. What do you guys think about like Shigaraki's motivations and like, do you buy that he believes his shit now? Like all that all that kind of stuff, just general thoughts on him. I think that Shigaraki always buys his own bullshit. I, I like, I really do. I think that he's, he's kind of immature. Um, and I think that he still has some growth to do before I feel like he has a handle on, on everything. Um, but this is definitely, this is progress for him. He at least yeah, has yeah. some sort of idea of like, of of how he wants to kind of attack the system rather than just being like i'm a fuck shit up now he understands that like ah there is this symbol there is this like who who like instills these like kind of values that i feel because even in stain stain has values that align with like all might's values so like mm -hmm. if if he disagrees with these values he needs to attack the source um so he at least has some direction now I think that he yeah. always has that kind of confidence that leads him to believe that, like, ah, oh, I'm doing the right thing. But it's it's a process with him getting to the point where I feel like he actually has a, a real understanding of himself. Yeah. Cam, what about you? What she said. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, valid. One of the things that's really cool about my hero is that the villains have character development and they progress their ideals the same as the heroes. And so it's not mm -hmm. like something... Like, I'm going to mention Demon Slayer again, where it's just like, um, Kibutsuji is a bad guy in Demon Slayer and he's just like an evil demon. I'm sure there's a backstory mm -hmm. in the manga and stuff, but like, he doesn't progress along the thing and just be like, no, this is why I have to do it. And then he like has a conversation and has character development instead of just like a cool sword fight. Mm -hmm. Um, the two shows are trying to do different things, but you know what I'm saying? No, my hero is really good in that it doesn't fall into like the villain of the week formula either, where it's like, no. okay, we defeated the big bad, but now there's a slightly bigger big bad. Oh, we can't defeat that, but somehow we defeated it. Oh, but now there's a slightly bigger one. Like it doesn't yeah, Dragon Ball Z shit. Yeah, exactly. It never it never falls into that, which is really no. great. It's like these the characters that you meet at the beginning, the things that are set in play at the very beginning build. 
and they build simultaneously. And like, sure, other characters like come in and and there's like there's smaller things, but there's that still that thread and there's still that like the themes are always there. The the main players are always there. Um it's it's really good. <laughs> my like, my hero Turns is out, really show's good. good. Um, yeah, I know. We always end yeah. up like being like the show is good. But yeah, I know every arc leads into the next arc, and every villain is they they give rise because a, a power vacuum left by the last mm-hmm. one, basically. So, um, but now it's summer vacation time. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's all time for fun. A lot of bad shit is happening, and we and everybody needs to get good and be ready for the bad shit that everybody knows is coming up. Um, there's the, the rest of the seasons of this show aren't just them drinking juice boxes on the beach. God, I wish that was me back at the beach that Deku cleaned all by himself with no powers, a thankless task that he did to better himself and the public. Deku is running and training, um, exhausted. He takes a little breather only to be given a bottle of water from all might and all might said he wouldn't always be there to help Deku, but he is today. And that's what matters. Back at Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated or whatever, the evil piece of shit doctor, I killed Cam and one for all. Oh my god. <laughs> are talking about how Shigaraki has what he needs now to amass a new tighter group of people um, that have names because, like, you know, his other associates didn't have names. It was just Gunfingers Man and Gun Hair Lady. <laughs> and now it's like Dobby and Toga. It's like, okay, cool. These people have names. They'll be important. And they definitely will. All for one says this is all for him. Uh, if if he needs to be saved, I'll save him. Uh, I've been prepping for that day uh, in order for him to become the next me. What that means, wh- how any of that is anything is going to come together in the in the next couple seasons. But that is the second season of My Hero Academia. The Yay. show fucking whips ass, and it only gets fucking crazier and crazier as time goes on. Good shit. So next time though. Here's, 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 here's the thing. Oh shit, yeah! What's up, motherfucker? Welcome to Cam Koenig's Bad Advertisement Corner. I only got three for you today. So one, I uh, just wanted to shout out, uh, I got an ad for an event running in Genshin Impact right now. Like, just shout out to them. They're doing pretty well. Shout outs, just that's cool. Um, never seen something like that. I'll get like podcast ads for like Candy Crush and shit, but like, Shout out to shout out to them doing the thing, you know. Um, also, just I just wrote Jesus Christ, progressive, holy fuck, get better ads. They're just the same bad ones over and over again. Um, but the one that I want to highlight this week is for uh, a mattress uh, called the Avocado Green Mattress. Um, I'd never heard of this brand before this commercial. Uh, it's apparently just some sort of like super eco-friendly mattress or something um can i say what and, my uh, mind went to though please a mattress shaped like an avocado and the pit is where you sleep. see that sounds great sleep avocado <laughs> shut up <laughs> that sounds great mm-hmm. i would love that mm-hmm. i don't even like avocados i'd love that mm-hmm. that'd be cool as hell um but they they they're basically talking about <coughs> how like you you know you can like make a super sustainable difference by buying our mattresses and all of that other you know bullshit stuff that they're just wanting to get you to buy a mattress. But the one thing that uh, one sentence that they said that I did write down in quotes is our planet needs us just as much as we need it. No, the fuck it doesn't, bud. Yeah, but it does not. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe in fact it'd be better if we weren't here. Well, uh, my hero. Academia tackle the theme of how capitalism gets places to sell us things under the guise of like it being our responsibility to buy them. Yeah. Uh, whether that be eco-friendly, 
products mm -hmm. or uh, things that improve your mental health or self-care because you need mm -hmm. that because take care of yourself it's a good yeah. thing to do so buy our ten dollar bath bombs buy i mean yeah. it's not about bath bombs but there is there is an arc about that later on really so, yeah. oh okay my heroes <laughs> tackles capitalism thank god yeah good. yeah this commercial had like scenes of like people with like the mattresses and like everywhere so it's like you can like wake up anywhere and feel refreshed and know that you're just like actually like saving the world and i'm like man fuck out of so here you like can wake some up lady... anywhere are you taking like what do they expect you to do just take the mattress so like one of the shots was this lady waking up like she I, i'm assuming it's like some sort of like national park or like mm. some sort of mountain range or something she like put a like small like twin mattress in like the back of her car because it's like what like a truck uh, kind of a thing and like use that as like a sleeper. Okay. Like great, okay. cool, whatever. All right. Fucking all right. It's like the, you're gonna the vibe of like but go ahead. I say you're gonna spend the night with your partner for the first time. You're like, by the way, um, can I bring my mattress? <laughs> can I bring my mattress? <laughs> I can't sleep without. I can't get off without this mattress. <laughs> <laughs> I need, it's like I need my avocado if, mattress. <laughs> yeah. What a fucking metaphor for like, for like the, the millennials that have enough money to buy a new mattress. Can you fucking imagine? Um, you can't buy like, a house because you're buying too much avocado mattress. I was going to say, exactly. like literally, yeah. literally buy this avocado so you can sleep better knowing you saved the earth by buying a product and throwing your old one away. Like go mm -hmm. eat a knife. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway. Um, Cheers. I'm... <laughs> Please hold. I, I just I'm just curious as to how much these mattresses are. Oh, okay, cool. Um, a regular one's twelve hundred dollars. Mm. I'm no, okay, yeah. Mattresses are just like one of those things that are just like stupidly expensive anyway. Unfortunately, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like mattresses and rugs. Yeah, because you need them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's because you need them. That literally is is it. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's that's all the that's all the capitalism for today. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um so as stated the next episode is going to be of this podcast we're not we're still technically in season two because the movie two heroes um is canon and does it's it's more that it's not not canon than it is canon mm -hmm. but um it fits in right after this my advice the cheapest way to do it would be to just like rent it on your you know your amazon or your you're whatever. I'm going to get it on my Apple TV and stuff like that. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Big Three. Uh, if you liked these episodes or think we missed something, hit us up at, at Big Three Cast on Twitter. Check out our Discord link in our description if you want to have some cool conversations about this cool show. That's the that's the channel in the Discord that pops off the most with just like, yo, yo. And yeah, I really like yeah. that. Our show art is by the wonderful Jess Howard. Our music is by Julian V. Their work can be found at at Jules VZ. I can be found at at Victory Position on Twitter. I can be found at Just Jess is Fine on Twitter. And I can be found at at The Candy Man. <laughs> and I'm an experience. <laughs> and this has been The Big Three. <laughs> Peace. Peace.